Hello and welcome to episode 317 of the Juicebox podcast. I'm your host, Scott Benner. Today, Jenny Smith and I will be answering questions that you, the listeners, have sent in. Three questions today. The questions three. As you can tell, I've been locked in my house for a number of weeks now, and I'm getting a little weird. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter and by Touched by Type 1. You can go to touchedbytype1.org or contournextone.com to find out about these wonderful sponsors. My friend Jenny Smith has had type 1 diabetes for over 30 years. She's also a certified diabetes educator. She has a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. Jenny is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors. And as you'll find out later, very well may be a person who can talk to wildlife. The one thing Jenny definitely is, is a person who would want you to know that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. She'd want you to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Jenny's just good like that. She's rock solid, you know what I mean? She wants what's best for you. In today's show, Jenny and I are going to talk about when to change basal rates, you know, when to do a temp basal and when to put, you know, a firm change into place. We're going to talk about the measurement for success in diabetes management, and what a good standard deviation might be, not just for you, but for everybody. The highlight of my entire week has been that the Costco near me had paper towels. Hey, sorry, I was moving my microphone stand a little. That's okay. I think I have a... So, I like... I think I have, like, a problem with, like... I did a finger stick. Okay. And my finger really hurts. <laughs> really hurts. Like, <laughs> like, and it's kind of, like, puffy. Like, can you see that it's, like, puffy and red? I can. <laughs> Wait, on the top it's puffy, but you didn't stick yourself on the top. No, I I stuck it on the side where I always do, and like I can't see anything from it. I also need like bifocals because (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mess. Like I I have to go like this every time I have to like see something up close. My son brings me like the directions for a game, and I'm like, like seriously, who wrote these directions? Like, come on! You have no idea how many times because Arden's a a side stick, like she sticks on the sides of her fingers too. Yeah. But you have no idea how many times, like in the middle of the night when I do it, I'm so close to her cuticle. I'm like, how did I miss that? Bad thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I look down at her and she's not awake, and I go, "Ooh, she's never gonna know about this." <laughs> this has never happened before. Like, and it's it like it hurts. It physically yeah, hurts. Yeah, I, can so, see. I don't know. I'm like, I can't. There's like no hole. I can't tell if there's like gross underneath or anything, but. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe there's like an alien growing underneath well, there. Listen, if you, it's too fast for you to get an infection, obviously. So it's not that. Right. Um, right. Did you maybe just hit a nerve? 
and I'm, it's just responding. Sure it must have just hit something that was just a much more sensitive spot, or maybe <laughs> I hit a spot that I had already hit. Like it, it's, it's a, raw. It's kind. It's kind of a favorite finger. Like <laughs> in know, her I, sleep, right? This is fascinating. In in Arden's sleep, I will tr- I will go to fingers that she doesn't use, figuring she's asleep. She <laughs> won't know. In her right. sleep, she'll pull the finger back and give me a different finger. <laughs> That I'm always impressed by because sometimes I'll be like Arden and she's not awake. Right. She just, she feels you in her sleep, take the wrong finger. She's like, no, 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 this one. Or she'll (laughs) do two of them. She'll be like, either one of these is fine, but not like I try to use her thumbs when she's asleep. She yanks them right back, folds them up in a fist. I'm like, that's that's hilarious. That is hilarious. That's super funny. So, yeah. So how are your, how are your older, older kids i hate calling them kids because they're really not kids Mm. anymore but like how are they doing with everything i've got some teen nieces in milwaukee and they are just like they're like climbing the walls according to what my brother-in-law says they're just like i i I cannot be inside anymore i need to be not near my parents i'm bored well we're going to turn your question your very kind how are you question into uh part of this episode and here's okay. here's why arden's insulin needs have gone way down since she stopped going to school do they go down in the summer too yes she doesn't like being at school that's yeah. just what it is so now this whole the the um the incarceration is actually yeah. freedom to her she can go to bed when she wants get up when she wants handle her work when she wants to She's much happier. I'm seeing more smiling. I don't think I should ever send her back to school. It's the reason a lot of, a lot, I've got several people that I work with who homeschool their Mm -hmm. kids. Um, One who I started working with, um, I was telling about her. She's the pilot. Yeah. Um, Her parents homeschooled her. She's now like out of college. She's actually doing an internship with one of the airlines and doing wonderful, but she was homeschooled and they didn't see the fluctuations like comparatively with the other kids her age that I was working with who were in school. Yeah. Clear difference from a weekend or a holiday away to actually being physically in school. Right. Now there's there's been um even the summer takes time for her to like ramp down. Sure. But this was one day. The first day which she was unsure of how this was all going to work, her blood sugar didn't change. And then after she got her work in on time, she was just like free and easy and really happy. So um, it's interesting. Now, my son, he doesn't like the lack of activity. Like Mm -hmm. we were outside in the driveway throwing a baseball yesterday for a half an hour. Um, He brought us, um, he said, uh, my kids are both very good with money. They don't ask for a lot of stuff. And he's like, I need a squat rack. For the basement. He's like, I, I need to be able to like exercise still. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And the other, and he walked outside, just sat on the front step for a while. You know, just the, I, I need to get outside because he's also a boy. So like, he'll start playing a video game and lose a day to it. If he, if you let right. him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and last night he told me around midnight, I'm going to get a shower and then I'm going to read for uh, my, my economics class. And I was like, oh, that's great. And he's like, it's not. And I was like, why is it not? He goes, because I'm going to read for an hour to get what I could get out of a five-minute explanation from my professor. 
And I, and I tried to do, like I did the dad thing. I was like, oh, there's nuance to the reading. You'll appreciate it later. He was looking at me like, I, I don't care what you're saying. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was like, I tried not to be, you know, I just was like, you know, this is it. It's good. Right. And, uh, but he wants that. He's also concerned about how much we pay for school and that now he's basically learning through, you know. On his own. Yeah. Really fancy YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. he's like, why are we paying for this? And I said, Cole. This time is going to turn. It's one of the strange things about um, about the United States, at least, that I've never understood. Like, why has quality distance learning not become more? Um, I don't know, like acceptable, especially right. at college, right? Right, right. I, I, yeah, it, I mean, it, I think it's getting better now. How people view the distance learning, like the University of Phoenix or whatever it is, yeah. you know, all the commercials for, but there there are quality programs and my sister-in-law actually did an online master's degree in business management and right. she, she she does a great job she's a wonderful job because right. she did that so there's nothing wrong with online no no no, no but why is it not more popular why is it like, not why more not, popular yeah. right is it just is like a, a level of embarrassment like i went to school like through the mail does it feel like that yeah. or something like that? you know what i mean like 1960 you right, know, you took right. a writing course from Hollywood. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think in today's technology world, it's getting better. Um, in fact, some colleges, as I'm sure you've seen with even Cole, I'm sure he <laughs> probably has some things he needs to submit. Yeah online and do that way already. Right. But I think it's such a big change from the quality of. As you know, in high school and even in college, there's a lot of social networking that goes on that you you don't get that when you have an at-home yeah. school. You yeah. just don't. And we've talked about that. There's, you know, you sometimes meet guys that, you know, he's playing baseball with or he's met through school. And you talk to them a little bit and you go, that's an impressive kid for 20. It's going to be right. an impressive adult. And you don't know when 10 years from now that kid or your son's going to wake up one day and go, you know, I have a position to fill. And you know who would be great for this? Yeah. You know, that guy I played baseball with 10 years ago. And so yeah. there's that piece and there's the social part of it. Like I'm not I'm not discounting that, but for some people, they just want their degree. They're not looking right. for, you know. They could care uh, less about sitting in class next to the guy who doodles pictures of his dog, right? right? Yeah. 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 It's like... I met the most interesting guy in college. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> um, but anyway, it just it's it's interesting that they both are they're not unhappy. We spent a number of hours playing poker the other day. Um, you know, there's we, we keep talking about having a movie night, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, everybody said we're I think we're kind of quietly keeping things. Activities aside for when everyone loses their mind and we really like need the activities. And so far, right. everybody's been OK. <clears throat> Kelly's under the weather, but Aww. it's not, um, you know, it's nothing related to. All of this just yeah just doesn't feel well. Just a normal thing. I know, and that's every time you hear somebody like, uh, uh, you're like, oh my god, yeah, get back, dirty <laughs> like, person, get away. Yeah, like the cough. Maybe they were eating a granola bar that didn't go down the right way or whatever. It is. We're doing it on purpose for comedy we're reasons too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, that would be my husband. Yeah, would- just everybody runs out of the room. Mom's sick. Don't touch her. She's like, I just, right. I got a dry piece of wood. No, no, no. <laughs> don't lie to us. Not bringing us <laughs> down with you. Room. So, and, and she cut caffeine out, but she did oh. it too fast. So now she has a caffeine headache, you know, and I oh. gave her a little tea. I'm like, here, have a little, that's not from soda. 
And uh, this will help. She might even do better if she if she's willing to do tea. She could even do something mm-hmm. like a matcha, which has a little bit of caffeine in it and could kind of ease down. Help her. The caffeine yeah. kind of thing. Because it's also much smoother caffeine than coffee. Coffee's like you get this big like, woo! Yeah, we don't drink coffee. Nobody here drinks coffee. Actually, I think the truth is that I don't believe Kelly ever has, but I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. So I wouldn't even know what it is as Jenny takes a I like large tea as well. Thing. I, I drink tea every morning, usually a couple of cups, but I, I'm drinking Earl Grey with a little bit of honey. Ooh, I have a very good friend in Colorado who Earl Grey and Lady Grey are like her favorite. This is my tea. favorite thing. It really is. All yeah. right. So Jenny, we have a ton of ask Scott and Jenny questions and yeah. we are going to do like three recordings in a row over the next two weeks so that we have them all set up. Yes. Before we start, let me tell you that, and there's no pressure here, but tomorrow at 3 p.m., I'm yeah. doing a, um, like, it's just a social meetup online. And if you're free and you jumped in for a couple of minutes, I bet you these people would be very excited to. Uh, so, on, on where? Zoom. Where your, on Zoom? Yeah. So you would sit like this, click on a link, pop up. What time? Yeah, we Zoom for our um, staff meetings on Wednesdays. Um, but what, uh, what time? Three o'clock tomorrow, three to 4.30, it's going to run. It's going to be like a free thing. Like people can come Eastern in and out. time. So it'd yeah. be like two to two to three thirty my time. I should be around. Usually I'm working on emails at that time. So send me the link. I will. Even if you and just popped me, in and you were like, yo. And send me a quick text while you're doing it so that I remember. You will. Um, uh, you're going to find out what it was like to be Elvis in the 60s. Ah. <laughs> mm. Interestingly. Um, are you recording right now? Of course. Okay, I just wanted to... Wait, do you want to say something private? Hold on a second. Bye, everybody. Well, Jenny, I hope nobody finds the body. I think you're going to be okay with where you hit it. There you go. You're so bad. (laughs) I mean, it's Wisconsin. There's so much snow on top of it. No one's ever going to find it. We've got lots of bogs, too, you know. Yeah. Should we just start at the top of this list? Or do you have a favorite in here? No, I the one that I think we had commented briefly the last time we talked was it last week already? Um, was about there was somebody who asked about artificial sweeteners, and that one was curious to me. Um, but there's a good list of questions, so wherever you want to start, it's totally fine to me. Okay, well, can you like? There are so many, you guys. First of all, everybody was so nice to send in so many questions. But yeah, let's just roll through the top, okay? Okay. Sarah asks, please address puberty specifically. I think Sarah wants a question answered for her specifically. But uh, 12-year-old pre-period girl, the spikes and drops are insane. They're on Omnipod and Dexcom. And so I think the question here is when to change basil and just temp basil. Ah, Okay, so she's seeing drops and spikes. And she's looking for when is this a change I make forever? And when is this just something that's happening? But that's interesting. It is. And it's a great, um, I mean, given the age of the Mm (laughs) preteen and, and, you know, her being a female, obviously, there are going to be, as I've talked with a lot of the people I work with who have girls about this age who have not started a cycle Mm -hmm. yet. There are often about like a six to maybe 12 month time period before a cycle actually shows up Okay, that if you start to track these 
resistant and sensitive times on a month-to-month basis. You may find, I think to answer her question, you may find that it actually flows around the same time every month. And if you can catch that, then yes, you may be able to put a, a pattern in, you know, Omnipod, all the pumps out there allow you to actually set up different basal profiles to right. turn on at certain points. So if you can track enough to say, okay, this cyclic nature of resistance is always coming around the 15th of the month or mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? If you track a couple of months and you see that and you say, okay, last month we used 50% more, this month we're using 40% more, you should be able to set up a basal profile then that essentially is that much more, at least in basal delivery, yeah. and then just enable it for that time of the month and the duration of days that you see it typically lasts. That's, you know, that's kind of then going forward into once a cycle does start, you'll be able to utilize that same kind of pattern. Um, And once the cycle becomes regular, which is usually it takes about a year, give or take for most girls, once they start their period to have kind of a consistency to it. Right. So you should be able to use a pattern then rather than just always employing a temporary basal. Mm It does take using the temporary basal up front, though, to figure out which amount extra you need to actually create a profile from. Okay. So last night I learned that Arden has a name for her period, and she won't tell any of us what it is. It has like a, a human name, apparently. <laughs> a human name? Yes. That's awesome. I think she likes to feel like there's a person who's inflicting this on her so that she can be focused on the person doing the problem. Sure. Uh, that's on the side. Yesterday, I showed... Arden's friend, Diani, who has not been on the show yet, but will eventually. She's somebody whose blood sugar I'm tracking. Um, I showed her how to see that her pod site went bad. So she's rolling along great in the 90s, just kind of bouncing, you know, 89, 96, like all day long. Three o'clock in the morning, it shoots up and levels off at like 220 and just stays that way all night till she wakes up at like four in the morning, realizes it boluses. The bolus takes her down a little. And then she levels off and kind of rises back up again. And so I just pulled up a 12-hour graph. I showed it to her. And I said, just look at this. This is a bad site. And she's like, why? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It just is. Like, look at it. Look at it. This is what a bad site looks like. All of a sudden, your insulin pump is not doing what you expect of it. Mm-hmm. Common sense here says, bad site. I said, is this the last day of your set? And she goes, it is. And I was like, okay change your pump, get yourself down and start over again. The reason I bring that up where it doesn't feel like it maybe fits here is that the way I would handle Sarah's question is I would just do it over and over again until I had that feeling of like, oh, I know what this is. And right. and I, I really believe that it's not just me. I mean, I think the podcast has proven that out, right? That eventually after you do something enough, you just see it. And then all the thinking goes away. Jenny's what Jenny said is all perfect. Do that. But I think that one day it'll just be a situation where you go, Oh, this is a temp basal increase or wow, this is not giving up. This is more. Right. Right. So exactly. Diabetes is a long game. It is a lot. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, entirely. And you know, in the beginning though, when you're really trying to figure out the difference between a temporary or a true solid adjustment. Yeah. I think, you know, when you make, let's say you make, you decide you're going to make a profile change. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> ringing. It shouldn't have rang. I had it turned off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it on this end, so you're good. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, so, you know, overall, you might make a basal change, and then you're like, well, what, what gives? Three days later, you're like, that's not working anymore, and now I'm way back down. That might, over time, again, prove I need to maybe make a temporary adjustment. Mm-hmm rather than a permanent kind of an adjustment. Right. It's kind of similar to growth patterns in kids, you yeah. know, where you see a temporary need because you're now fluxing up and, okay, all of a sudden this is gone now and I'm staying a little higher, but I wasn't at the rate of need like I was for three days. Yeah. It's come back down a little bit, but now it looks more stable. It's a little higher, but not quite. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that somewhere in between stay flexible be and and reactive, not in a negative way, but in that sort of don't wait around way, you, you right. know, like, and there's drifts, Sarah, that you'll start seeing on the Dexcom line. And just by the angle of it, and I don't know how to explain it to you, but you'll start to look and go, this isn't going to stop. Like this shouldn't be happening here. I'm going to try a temp basal increase right here. Mm-hmm. With Arden's period yesterday, I used a lot of uh, temporary increases yesterday because um, she was sitting stable at 190. Boluses weren't moving her. And so to me, that meant, you know, basal uh, mm-hmm. jacked it up. It worked a little, but not enough. It was the end of her pump. So we swapped her pump. You know, we just went through the steps of, you know, of, of what it could be. and But we didn't wait around. Like once you saw it, we moved on it. Well, we all have one thing for certain, and that's an abundance of time. Time that can be used in many different ways. You could perhaps spend your time at touchedbytype1.org. Or maybe you'd go to contournext1.com to find out if you can get a free Contour Next One meter by just clicking on a link and filling out some information. So here's what we're going to do. Touchedbytype1.org has a mission of elevating awareness of type 1 diabetes. They also want to raise funds to find a cure, but mostly they're looking to inspire people with diabetes to thrive. They have these beautiful programs and services. They're helping kids all over the world with their D-Box program. And they put on one heck of a dance program every year in Florida. Go check them out. Touchedbytype1.org. And once you've done that, you know what you need? You need the best blood glucose meter my daughter has ever used. And by best, I mean the most portable, the handiest, fits well in your palm, lights up nicely at night, super duper accurate, and blood sugar test strips, the little strip things you get a second chance with if you mess up. You know, when you go into the blood sometimes, you're like, I got it, I got it. And then it doesn't beep and you're like, and you got to throw away the test strip. Not with a contour next one. You just dive back in again. Beep, beep. Looking at your blood sugar. I absolutely adore this meter. As much as anyone could adore a blood glucose meter, the Contour Next One is it. So head over to ContourNextOne.com and see if you're eligible today for an absolutely free, no obligation meter. And if, you know, you need a prescription, contact your doctor. They're just sitting in their living room too. No one's doing a damn thing. Just throw them an email. Be like, yo, what's up? Want to try this new meter? Send out a prescription. I've got nothing but time. ContourNextOne.com, touchbytype1.org, 
Those links are in your show notes right there in the app, right that you're listening in now, and at juiceboxpodcast.com. Check them out. Support the sponsors. Um, okay. Well, it's so funny. It's another Sarah, but a different Sarah. <laughs> there are lots of Sarahs, just like Jenny. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a popular name. So, um, they're even spelled the same way. It's not even helpful. Uh, what would you consider the most meaningful metric or measure of successful diabetes management? Oh, that's a good one. And I think we've actually got, we went over that a really long time ago. Yeah, it's in here we were somewhere. Doing- any of the of the pro tips or any of those kinds of things. I think if you're looking at measurement from a site like Clarity or one of your pump upload sites that gives you all of the metrics of this is your, you know, your average, your standard deviation, this is what your glucose management indicator value is showing you whatnot. What's the best indicator is time in range. Okay. That's it. And second to that really would be that standard deviation, Mm -hmm. right? Because the lower the standard deviation, the more smooth management is rather than the jagged up and down kind of Rocky Mountain. Um, But definitely, I would say time and range. Our goal when we work with people is always, you know, at least 75% time in range, less than 5% of the time low. Um, Pregnancy is a little bit different, but yeah. yeah. So I what are the ranges? Range. What are the ranges you give people? What is that range? I work with people on their target range right. because everybody is individual. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. Um, so if do you feel like most people are being told eighty uh, to one eighty, something like that? Seventy to one eighty? Yeah, seventy to one eighty. Like if we look just at Tidepool, Tidepool has automatically set up as a time in range target mm-hmm. as seventy to one eighty. Yeah. You can in your settings go in and adjust that to get it tighter or make it broader or whatever. But yeah, most most practitioners I would say are aiming for about an eighty to one eighty. That's the most common that I hear. Yeah. Um so again, if you're just aiming for what the standard is, that's it. Well, I, um, I think yeah. that these companies should expand this a little bit. I've been thinking about this. I I need a time in range and a time in Nirvana, like kind of measurement, ah. right? Like I want to know. I want to like know. This might be in range, but I really want to yeah. be in this sweet spot. Like I'm not. How I'm not. Am up, I there? I'm not upset that Arden's blood sugar is 180 for an hour, right? I'm going to get it back down again, but um, I want to know when I'm 70 to 120. You yeah. know what I mean? 130, 120 in yeah. there. I want to know when I'm. I even want to know like 65, really. Like because if yeah. I'm because if she's 65 for a couple of minutes after a pre bolus, yeah. Big deal. Yeah, I'm all right with that, right? And so I think that everyone needs to remember that when we talk about this stuff, there's context that you need to give it. And yeah. you see all the time, there's people online, oh, look, I was in range 100% of the time today. And somebody will come in and say, you know, what's your range? And they're, 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 suddenly they don't come back again because, you know, they never went over 350 and were never under 50. I was in range all day. And even, right. you know what, if that's for them a success, I'm not taking that from them. I'm no. I'm just saying that when you're trying to share it out loud in public, you need to tell people what that range is or it, it, it lacks, you know, Correct. weight. Um, and I've even seen something that goes along with it. I've even seen people then question, well, what are you eating? 
because when we're looking at sharing our own information and kind of patting ourselves on the back, which good for us, absolutely, it takes work. So go ahead and pat away. But you also have to, when you're putting it out there to the public, you have to give all the information that went along with that. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, look at this nice flat line. Well, people then ask, well, what are you eating? How did you get that? Because there are so many different variables that go into meeting that. So my blood sugar has been between 82 and 86 all day. I've had four hard boiled eggs. Yeah. Like, right. you know, like tell somebody the whole story. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because it feels bad otherwise. Like otherwise yeah. you're looking at it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this person's blood sugar is Why always can't I, do this? I try to yeah. remember as much as I can to say, you know, Arden's A1C has been between five, two and six, two, by the way, coming up now on six years. Um, and she doesn't have any diet restrictions, but I always think the important thing to add is. For all of you that are imagining that her blood sugar is just 83 constantly, that is not the case. You know, we just don't look at high blood sugars very long and she's not low. So, you know, I I would say that Arden's deviations never where anyone would want it. Um, Hers is usually like 40, you know, and... um, but within range. It's being measured between... It's being measured between 70 and 120. Right. So, you know... And, and she, you know, and I know I still don't want her to spike up, but she sort of doesn't. Right. You know, so, um, and not that she doesn't ever, she does a couple of times a month or, you know, a couple of sure. times a week or whatever it ends up being. Um, but she just doesn't jump the 300 and stare at it. So I think that while the measurements are really important, the way we talk about them are, is possibly even more important. So, right. um, I don't see anything wrong with A1C if it's being done correctly, meaning no protracted lows that are giving you a false sense that your A1C is lower. Um, But what Jenny's saying is you do not want your blood sugar bouncing up and down. That is just not good for you. It would probably be better for you to be steady at 150 than to go from 70 to 300 300, over and over again. Correct. Exactly. Right. So there you go. Actually, the funny thing here is the next question from Nicole is what are your thoughts on a reasonable standard deviation for a growing five and a half year old? Mm, yeah, that's, and I think you have to have a little bit of expectation that there is going to be more variability in certain periods of life. Mm-hmm. There will be, I mean, kids, I mean, she's this growing five year old kids are growing considerably from birth. I would say honestly, until about the age of like, 10-ish, mm-hmm. things are kind of similar in patterns of growth. They really speed up. I mean, you can see the difference. Uh, you know, we've got one of those like tree growth charts for our boys. And I usually try yeah. every couple of months to see, where are you? Because I know you look like you've grown or your pants look way too short again. And I swear I just bought new ones last month, you know. <laughs> but um, at some point that growth slows down and certainly the teen years are a different amount of growth, not the same as far as like height or anything, Mm -hmm. although it could be for boys differently than for girls, but hormones are a bigger impact there in the teen years for little kids like that five-year-old age. You can expect that aiming for a standard deviation of something like 20 might not be in the cards because you may have a lot more variability even if your time in range is kept very good you still might have a little bit more variability in there yeah because if your five-year-old is like my who is now seven when he was five i mean 
he could be like, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to play, I want to eat. Nope, I'm not going to eat all of that. So when you mix diabetes in there and you have to bolus and strategize and, okay, now I have to take insulin away and now I have to plan for this and whatever, there's going to be a lot more variability perhaps. But aiming, that's why I said that metric of time and range would be really more what to look at. Yeah, we don't want your standard deviation to be 80, but if it is going up a little bit more, you know, up and down, that's kind of par for the course with littler kids. I think that common sense is incredibly important here too, Mm -hmm. because as you're listening to Jenny explain this from a, a clinical standpoint, you're thinking about what is or isn't said to you by the American Diabetes Association or by your endocrinologist, all that stuff. You have to remember that they're just trying to give they, they, they're not with you. They're not always whispering in everybody's ear, right? So they're just, right. they're giving a baseline. Like, you know, your standard deviation should be less than blah. Your A1C should be here. Your variability shouldn't go blah. Like, it, they're just giving you a place to start. I think that it's a, it's kind of incumbent upon all of us to take what looks like the rules I'm making little quotes with my my fingers and realizing that's that's probably not the best you should be shooting for. It's not it's not the top. They're just trying to keep people I don't know how to say this. There's a there's a way that if you're a well, I'm struggling here. Anyone <laughs> anyone who's been in a position of power in an organization right. knows that you're giving common denominator advice to your employees, to, you know, the, the subjects of your kingdom to like, to whomever you're talking to and, and to hear that advice and take it as gospel, I think is a mistake. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, do you ever go around a corner and the speed limit's 25, but you're in a sports car and you're like, I could go around this corner 45 and it would be okay. <laughs> you, you know? That's you. You're in a different car. They put the 25 there for the guy coming through in the 1975 Datsun. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, his car can't handle this curve at 25. He will roll the car and, right. yeah. So, yeah. for us, for instance, my standard deviation doesn't look good on Arden compared to what people say. Except those people have a range between, you know, 80 and 180, while I'm shooting for a range between 70 and 120. And right. and so my I I know where Arden's standard deviation sets when I'm happy with her blood sugar. Right. And I don't care what anybody else says. That works right. well for us, right? Um, and then people are like, oh, but then her health, her health, her health is going to be great. Like if you tell me that a person growing up with diabetes who's got an A1C and the fives constantly, eats whatever they want, doesn't spike high you know, maybe sees 180 twice a day for 45 minutes. If you're telling me that's a problem, I don't believe you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I or here's this. That's the best we can do. So, you know, we keep trying to tighten it down and make it better. Um, but at some point, that's when you get to the the life versus management trade-off. Like, I got to be alive, too. We, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so the problem with asking these questions are, and getting the answers is that no one's going to give you a real answer. They're just going to say what feels safe, right? right? And so that's For the most part. Your yeah. common what, sense needs to pop in. What I can kind of say about standard deviation, though, even in, let's say, your time and range of whatever range you have set, mm-hmm. 
even for a five-year-old, for example, you know, if you're constantly having these big old climbs and then constantly attacking then and then having a drop that you're getting into the red zone and then you're climbing again because of the red zone and then you're dropping again. Even if you're in range in doing that, that standard deviation could still, it, it requires improvement, yeah, right? You right. don't want this mountain peak, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down all day because even in range, it doesn't feel good yeah. for any age person. So the smoother that is, the better the person, the child, teen, right. whoever feels. And if you're looking at up and down and up and down like that and worried about time and range or standard deviation, you're mis you're misfocusing your concern. Your right. concern should be pre-bolusing and right. carb ratio and understanding right. glycemic index and stuff like that. And also effect of insulin, right? Duration of insulin. Yeah. Understanding how long is my insulin actually working? You know, we're under, I mean, it kind of takes it a step further in that variance that you see, that standard deviation, because we're kind of in the understanding that our rapid insulin is rapid. I mean, we talked about this before, and that it also clears very rapidly. That's not actually the case. If you follow it out. Right. There's actually a lingering dribble of impact. So if you are getting that up, down, up, down, up, down, it's very likely that even with using a pump, you might unknowingly be stacking insulin because your duration of insulin has been too short. Mm -hmm. And with modern day conventional pumps, what you set it at is what it uses. It, yeah. it doesn't know anything else beyond that, right. right? So it can't say, okay, there's still insulin left here. Make sure you take some of this off. But it, it, yeah. <laughs> Jenny's talking with her hands while I can hear birds outside of her window. And she looks like Snow White. <laughs> like, la, la, la. I talk with my hands a lot. I don't mind the hand talking. I'm just telling you, you look like Snow White for a second. Um, oh. <laughs> listen, here's what I think. Don't worry about your algebra grade. Worry about understanding algebra. Right. You know, the grade yeah. will come if you understand the math. And with yeah. this, if you know how insulin works, the standard deviation will come, the time and range will come, and the A1C will come. Like you can't, don't focus on the grading, focus on the work. And, you know, I don't know how many more times I can say this. I keep thinking I'm going to sync the podcast. It's timing and amount, it's understanding how insulin works. Use the right amount of insulin at the right time, and the rest of this becomes unimportant. You know, it's background all of a sudden. And the important thing about that timing and understanding is that it is individualized. Right, for it's you. It's not a cut and dry of, okay, the doctor told me that this should last three hours, so that's what it should last. That might be the case for Johnny, but for Susie over here in the corner, maybe she's figured out, eh, that three hours the doctor told me, uh-uh, it looks like it's four hours for me. So it does have to be individualized. Did I, I don't know where I was, where I rolled up into a talk and I told people, look, here's the truth. I could have flown in here got up in the morning, got showered, jumped up on the stage, grabbed this microphone and said, hey, everybody, it's all about timing and amount. Just understand how insulin works in you and you're going to be fine. Thank you. Good night. And I could have left, you know, um, would have, you know, would have left out some of the details about how to get to that. But that's still the truth. Correct. Jennifer Smith is available to work with you. Check her out at integrateddiabetes.com. Thank you very much to the sponsors, Contour Next One and Touched by Type One. A lot of ones in there. Two ones, you know what you get when you add up two ones. One and one is equals, you know, two. I'm completely alone in this room. 
I just want to go outside, touch a handrail. I don't walk past somebody who sneezes and not have a stroke. Soon. Probably a couple more weeks. A couple months at the most. It'll be fine. I'm still wearing pants, are you? Don't judge me. Listen, I put this up a little early, right? Because on March 26th at 3 p.m., I'm going to do a big Zoom meetup. And I have a, an idea for it that I think you guys are going to like. So if you're hearing this in the moment, check it out. And if not, the video will be running on the Facebook page. You can go back to it. But here's what my thought is. I'm going to get a bunch of people together, and we're all going to, you know, just chit-chat, see how things are going, make sure nobody's like, you know, going, because they've been locked in their house too long. And after we all do a little chitty and chatty like that, we're going to talk about getting people's basal insulin right. So like a big group think on everyone's basal insulin, and then we're going to come back the next week, see how people are doing, and then add another step. And maybe during this whole coronavirus thing, we can bring everyone's variability and standard deviation and A1C down. Wouldn't that be cool if we just all got together in a group and did something like that? Well, I hope you think it's cool because I'm pretty excited about it. March 26th, Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. There's links right now on Facebook. I think the link's on Instagram. Send me a message if you don't know how to get to it. Get there. Going to go through people's basal rates, just like it's a private phone call, except we're all going to be there kind of kicking in our two cents, helping everybody out. You know, if the listeners of the Juice Box podcast can't count on each other during a time like this, then... I don't know who we can count on. So uh, while we're all busy being stressed out, watching bad Netflix shows, I figure we could spend a little bit of time doing something for everybody's health. I hope to see you there. Hey, last thing. If you're not a subscriber to the show, like if you just count on remembering the shows on, it would help me out a lot if you hit subscribe in your podcast app. It would help even more if you shared the show with a friend. And if you're not up to like sharing the show, maybe just share the Zoom with them. Get together and... Maybe they'll see something they like and they'll check it out on their own. The podcast is growing so quickly because of you guys. It isn't even letting down during this coronavirus thing. I'm I'm super impressed. I thought for sure, like, oh, downloads will slow down, but they haven't. And that's really very touching. Oh, by the way, last thing. Next week. So the next show that comes on, let me take a look. On the 30th of March, it's going to be an After Dark episode, uh, sexuality from a female perspective. So if your kids usually listen, uh, don't let them listen to that one because there's not a lot of bad words in it, but there's a lot of clear talk. So unless you want your kids to know exactly where the round peg and the square hole are, I think you should. Uh, I think you should make sure they skip that one. Uh, I didn't believe a lot of kids listened until recently, but apparently they do, which I think is great, but not for this one on Monday. So there's an after dark coming up on Monday. Make sure your kids don't hear it. 